Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of East Coast Bias. The boys are back by popular demand. Raheem Palmer, Joe House, yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski. And House, I'm in a festive spirit here on this Tuesday morning. And I know you were not a part of the double dip for Monday Night Football, but I was super confident in this game. It was contrarian. It was off the beaten path. But House, I love when I can start off a Tuesday East Coast bias with easy money in my pocket. That's exactly what I got with the Cleveland Browns over the Cincinnati Bengals. And House, our group text, leads me to believe you too were on the winning end of that Monday Night Football game. Let's go, baby. I loved the background. I loved the history. I loved the spot. You kicked it off, JJ, the right way, backed by popular demand. I hope everybody was listening yesterday. Y'all broke it down. Nice and plain, nice and simple. And it was especially that first half, like that game script that we kind of forecasted that y'all walked through. That was it. And, you know, the only thing at that point was, am am I getting nervous? Like, is there a Halloween goblin uh, that's going to come around the corner? The nine o'clock high school kids like to come out and, you know, tear down the decorations, grab all the candy and throw it in their bag. I was worried possibly that there was a trick coming. But but I will say no tricks. It was just the Cleveland Browns handling their business. And I will say this. I haven't yet figured it out. The Browns in the position that they're in with the talent on both sides of the ball and the underperformance through the first eight games, there's something interesting about them coming up. Maybe it's a week-to-week play, but with Deshaun right around the corner, I'm going to keep an eye on the Browns, Dream. I'm, I'm looking at them. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I do think after what I saw last night, this team can run the ball. They can play defense. You almost have to wonder if it's worth it to, to take a shot on this team to possibly win the Super Bowl or win the AFC. Because, I mean, right now you're looking at the Browns at plus 8,000. That's 80 to 1. And last night it was 100 to 1. So you get to Sean Watson back. You got a team who could run the, run the football, play defense. This might be live. It, it, like, there's worse things you can do with 50 to 100 bucks. 
Well, I think if we're going to look for a future, I don't know if I'm ready to believe in Cleveland is a Super Bowl winner this year. Like, guys, you want to talk about insane. You want to talk about crazy. Going from two and five to all the way to the postseason and then all the way to the Super Bowl is kind of nuts. I know they're getting their quarterback back. I know he's one of the most electrifying players at the position. I'm not willing to go that far. However, if you're looking for a flyer, House, 14-1 to currently on FanDuel to go and win the AFC North. 14-1 to Cleveland Browns. It means they got to weather the storm, though, for another couple of weeks. That's the problem. They're going to play Buffalo without Deshaun Watson. They're going to go to Miami without Deshaun Watson. But if they can hang around till he gets back, dude, 14-1 to is not a terrible number. Yeah, the thing for them is is a nine and eight, you know, that last playoff berth kind of situation. I don't really want to lay the the number for um, the division because I just think they're too far behind now. I think Baltimore's in a kind of a sweet spot, especially with the second half of the season, the way their schedule looks. It's just going to be tough for them to catch. But I think they're live getting into the playoffs. And uh, then, you want to know that number, by the way? Yeah, let's hear that. That's got to be some good odds. Plus 430 on FanDuel. Yeah, so that's a worth mm. of consideration. Now you've got my attention. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the better play because when you look at the Cleveland Browns, they're three and five. They're two games behind the Baltimore Ravens, but they've also lost to the Ravens already. So that really puts them behind the eight ball. So I don't think you could really take them to win the division. I just think you have to take them to make the playoffs. But of course, as we know, as you get into the in the playoffs, you look at my Phillies right now. I know it's a different sport, but you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. So I kind of I kind of like playing them to, to make the playoffs and then, you know, sprinkling a little bit on the Super Bowl. So we had this discussion house yesterday in trying to think about, all right, third best team in the AFC because you have Buffalo is a clear cut number one. I think Kansas City with Mahomes is a clear cut number two. You had a couple of teams you could throw in the mix. Raheem mentioned Baltimore. I was pounding a chest for my beloved Miami Dolphins. And then we mentioned Cincinnati. Cincinnati cannot be the third best team in the AFC if you take Jamar Chase off that team. The difference in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and without Jamar Chase, I thought was eye-opening. And dude, this trade deadline that's coming up in the next couple hours, hey, the Ravens go and get Roquan Smith. That's a big-time pickup. I think Miami who was all in in the offseason getting a guy like Tyree Kill, giving big money to Teron Armstead. I think they're going to make a big move between now and that 4 p.m. deadline. So Raheem was on the side of the Ravens. I was kind of on the side of the Dolphins. House, where do you stand right now? If you had to put a number three team in the AFC, who are you taking at this point in time? I, I announced already my bias for the Ravens, and I it, it goes all the way back to before the season. It goes back to the summer when we were going through our cards on potential Super Bowl contenders and all the rest of it. I just thought that they were due some good luck in terms of injury. They, they had uh, suffered catastrophic injuries the two previous years. Um, and... You know, the way that seasons played out thus far, they they were like actively snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. It was the only way for them to lose. They're going up by double digits and having double digit leads in the fourth quarter and then losing those games, which, you know, is very contrary to win probability to sort of, you know, what you're accustomed to with normalized outcomes. I still think that acquisition of Roquan Smith, Smith cannot be underestimated, undervalued, understated. It's 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 major. And the thing with the Bengals, in addition to the loss of Jamar Chase, 
what we were reminded of is they have solved nothing with their offensive line. They've just had the good fortune of going up against some teams without genuine pressure ability in the previous weeks that kind of lulled us into a complacency around how bad that offensive line is. We watched the first series. I was like, oh, this game's over. I mean, they, they have no chance to protect uh, Joey B. And the thing that concerns me is how is he going to last the season? He's a tough, tough, tough son of a bitch, that guy. But I, I just worry for his health. Like look, you, you just can't be on the ground 15 times a game and get back up every single time. Now, look, I'm hitting, I'm knocking on wood because I'm not going to put that injury whammy on it. But my answer, now, I, I like your Dolphins very much. And we've seen now how important that, that the symbiosis uh, on that on offense between Tua and that receiving core. I just don't trust the Dolphins' defense yet, uh, JJ. They need uh, to make a move because they're getting absolutely no pressure. They're getting zero, uh, zero pressure. The only way they can generate a pass rush is that zero blitz. That's got to change. Raheem, I want to hit on the NFC because I'm holding the ticket in my hand for the San Francisco 49ers. And, dude... I keep saying it week after week after week. I couldn't feel better about this ticket. Like, I think about my two big futures, AFC, NFC. I feel terrible about my Trojan future. I feel like I could take that money and light it on fire. I don't care if they're a game over 500. I'm not a fan. I'm not a believer. That team has bad karma, bad juju, you name it. But without Debo Samuel, to see Christian McCaffrey ball out like that, to know they have the talent on the roster, Raheem, one through 53, like, if I'm Philadelphia thinking about threatening the NFC, dude, my Niners, my pick, it's alive, baby. It's alive. Yeah, it really is alive. And I was actually surprised by how well the 49ers performed the other day with that, with those injuries to Debo Samuel. You're missing Kyle Juszczyk. And what a lot of people don't realize is that Kyle Juszczyk, he might be, like, for an average fullback, you probably don't even consider him being worth anything. I think he's worth so much more to San Francisco 49ers. And then you add Christian McCaffrey, the way he's performing. And, I mean, if Jimmy G is going to play like he did the other day, I mean, we're looking at a Super Bowl contender. So I agree with you on the 49ers. To me, I think the team that everybody continues to sleep on is the Dallas Cowboys at plus 14-1. You look at the Dallas Cowboys, they can play defense. You look, I'm looking at Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. They continue to get pressure. And if that offense is rolling as it was against the Bears the other day, I think this is probably the scariest team in the NFC. So I love your 49ers pick, but I just think the Cowboys have some upside that we haven't, that the media and the, and the, the markets aren't quite recognizing right now. JJ, you know I hate this because of how I, I, I grow up was in my DNA. But Raheem is right. Dallas is formidable on both sides of the ball. I thought what they did offensively with Pollard as the premier back was a revelation. He and needs I've been, to be the premier back moving forward. I know Ezekiel Elliott can handle a blitz and pick up the blitz. It's not even debatable. Tony Pollard's got so much more spring in his step. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we saw a burst that we haven't seen out of that Dallas backfield in like a half decade. I, I can't recall when. The only thing you worry about with Pollard is his durability, but that's a nice problem to have when you have Ezekiel, Ezekiel Ayla. If Zeke is, it can come in and do those, do that dirty work, grab some of those, um, grind them out yards, help pr pass protect, and then you want the burst plays, your explosive plays with Pollard. They just have a lot of options. I really have been impressed with Dallas this My year. My only fear with the Cowboys, and everything you guys said is accurate, the coach scares me in a big game. 
He, I mean, that's just all there is to it. I know he won a Super Bowl a, a decade ago in a galaxy far, far away. But Raheem, Mike McCarthy in a big game, bro. That's that's a little frightening, dude. But see, I got I, I got to push back on that because when you let's look at the rest of the NFC candidates. Let's really look at them. Look at Kyle Shanahan. Kyle I like Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. No, no, I know we he like won Kyle, a big one, but he's won no, playoff we, games we, recently. We, we we like Kyle Shanahan, but you just mentioned that you don't trust the Cowboys coaching big games. Look at what Kyle Shanahan has done in big games. You go all the way back to Atlanta. What did he do? He refused to run the ball. You run the ball three times with that Atlanta team and you kick a field goal. He didn't do that. He opted to pass. They get a holding penalty. Uh, they get pushed out and they have to punt. They end up losing the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Let's go to some decisions that he made last year. They're up 10. They're up 10 with 10 minutes to go in that Super Bowl. You got a fourth and one. He opts to punt. He makes a lot of boneheaded decisions, which, which kind of keeps this team from getting over the hump. So... I'm not really trusting any coach in the NFC. What is Nick Sir- Sirianni? Well, Sirianni, done? we have no idea. We've yeah, never we have seen no him coach a big game. Learned- I mean, they were in the wild card round last year, and they were totally overwhelmed by Tampa Bay. I, I-, I get that with Shanahan; he's got to show he can win the big one. But he has won playoff games recently. Whereas <laughs> a guy like McCarthy, I mean, I haven't seen McCarthy it feels like win a playoff game in about seven years. What has KOC done? The only yeah. KOC that I trust. Is our guy KOC that's who covers it. the that's, that cover the NBA? What is the, like? Are we going to trust KOC from Minnesota? So it's like the rest. A, none of these coaches have proved anything. Me and Dream are on the same wavelength. Here's the problem. You know who we're looking at? Who we haven't mentioned? You know who we're talking about? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll staring what us a right job in the he's face. Done. He's like, hey, I'm right here, guys. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Seattle as a candidate, maybe, God, to be one of the worst teams in the NFL? It. Yeah. What Geno Smith has done this year, and more specifically, House, what Pete Carroll and John Schneider have done in Seattle is off the freaking charts, man. And it seems like everyone on the Seahawks is like all in on Geno Smith. It just goes to show you how much they hated Russell Wilson because they love Geno, <laughs> man. Geno, I heard Simmons say it on his pod when I was walking around Brooklyn yesterday. That it's Julio Rodriguez and it's Geno Smith as like the new Kings of Seattle, dude. Well, I'm not trying to steal any thunder here, but I mean, there is a matchup this week that I cannot make any sense out of when I look at the line and it has caught some money out of my pocket already and it's going to keep catching money out of my pocket as long as it stays in the position that it's in. Can one of y'all explain to me why the Seattle Seahawks are underdogs to the Arizona uh, crap Cardinals? I like that. We call that a little transition. We're going to take a little break. We'll do some Shark Tank, and we're going to find out why House likes Seattle as much as he does. That's coming up next. All right, we're going to do Shark Tank in a minute. Uh, As I run through some picks, the boys give me their blessing, or they say to throw it aside, but the bet's already made, so there's nothing we can do about that. But first, House, since we're doing some plays that you like, Seattle, you love it? I'm leery of it because it seems too good to be true. You're in on the Seahawks immediately, right? The only thing that causes me to tap the brakes at all is just that. It seems too good to be true. So the way I'm going to play them for sure is as a teaser leg. I'm going to grab that two points that they're sitting at right now. It was three and a half a week ago. It went down to two and a half. It's down to two now. I'm pushing that son of a gun right through seven up, up to eight. But at the core of it, what aspect of... They, these teams just played. 
and and the Seattle beat the hell out of them on both sides of the ball. They owned the line play. The, I mean, the, the only thing that kept see, Seattle won by 10 points. The only thing that kept them, they, they, they were kicking field goals rather than scoring touchdowns was the only thing to keep it from the kind of blowout that it really should have looked like. I haven't seen one thing out of Arizona's past defense this entire season that suggests they can compete. Um, and then you have a bunch of historical trend things that support Seattle. Uh, the division game, the division game aspect of it. Seattle's in the lead. Pete Carroll, uh, as an underdog in the division, has a terrific record. Your, your boy K- Kingsbury has a terrible record as a favorite and a terrible record uh, against Carroll in this kind of circumstance. The Cardinals don't have a home field advantage. Look at their home field performance over the last two seasons. I think they have one outright win in the last like eight games. It's brutal. Uh, I just don't understand what is the explanation for why Arizona would be favored at all. Okay, I got to push back on this a little bit. So when you looked at that, I think that that game was three weeks ago, Seattle Seahawks won 19-9. And when you look at that game, Arizona was driving the ball. Arizona actually, they they outgained them in yardage, 315 to 296. They um, they were about the same in yards per play. And they outgained them in passing yards. They outgained them in rushing yards. The only difference in that game is that when they got to the red zone, they just kept going for it. So they they were 0 for 2 in the red zone. They didn't kick any field goals because their field goal kicker was hurt. And then they also had two turnovers in the red zone. So that was the difference in that game. So they were in it, but it was just, you know, just bad fourth down variance. And then two turnovers were the difference in that game. My model actually makes this game Arizona minus one. So I do agree with the initial line move down from three to where we're at now. But I think where we're sitting at now, we're looking at minus one and a half, two in the market. I think it's got to be Arizona or a pass. See, that's a game I'm not going anywhere near. Seattle has been good to me. The fighting Genos have been good to me. I have faded Arizona a lot this year, and that has been advantageous, especially last week against Captain Kirk and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but this game for me, House, complete stay away. I just, the desperation factor is in the favor of the Arizona Cardinals. Regression is on the side of Seattle. Sooner or later, Seattle, you figure the other shoe is going to drop. They're going to give you a clunker or two. I'm not going near it. I don't like it at all. I have two games that I really, really like that I've bet already. Oh, yeah. Before we move on, you got to remember, Hopkins didn't play in that first game That's as a big well. loss, too. And he was, uh, Raheem, let's be honest. He was all over the field Sunday against the Vikings, making insane plays. See, yeah, I'll, and, I'll and concede we, all of it. I, I don't have, yeah. I, I totally agree. House is out. Uh, That's it. He's out. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying that the, 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 aspect of this that um, keeps me on Seattle is their defense has just improved. It's been like the no no defense has played better over the last four weeks. So, you know, I, I, I'm prepared to, to invest in them. Okay, fellas. I got two for you. One of these bets, I, I got the better of the number already because I see it's continuing to climb. The second one, I'm actually a little puzzled and I'm a little confused where the line is at. The first one, Raheem, that I jumped on immediately and the line has now moved the full point. That would be the Miami Dolphins in Chicago against the Bears. Now, I know it's the second week in a row. Miami is playing on the road. But the Chicago Bears just say goodbye to Roquan Smith. They just say goodbye to Robert Quinn. And the way to beat the Dolphins is to attack their secondary. I don't think Chicago has the weapons to attack the secondary. Now, I think they could keep Miami somewhat in check. 
But I just think Miami right now has too many different ways to beat you. I think they're humming. I think they're cruising. Now, I got this number at four. It's at four and a half. In some places, it's at five. I think this is going to be another good week for the Dolphins. I don't think they're falling behind 14-0 in this game, Raheem. I'm comfortable laying it here. Where do you stand on the Dolphins this week? I'm comfortable with with it as well. My only concern for this matchup was that I think there were some issues with the weather. Um, I think you definitely want to check that out before, I mean, before game time. I mean, this line has moved all the way up to five now. But I, I do like the Dolphins in this spot. But if this is a weather game, you kind of got to be a little bit concerned. We did see what happened week one when the Bears played San Francisco 49ers. And I believe the 49ers were the superior team, obviously. But weather kind of kept them in that game, allowed the Bears to run the ball. You weren't able to throw as much as you'd like to. And that kind of that kind of changed the game script here. So if that's an issue, then that is a concern. But otherwise, I agree with you. Yeah, I saw the same thing that Dream saw in terms of the weather. And it looks like at a minimum, there'll be um, a lot of wind. So the thing to me is jump on the the, the total right now. It's 43 and a half right now on, on FanDuel. We know that the only way that Chicago can compete is by trying to run the ball. They can't throw the ball at all. And if the wind, if the wind is going to be that way, I think that hurts the Dolphins. I don't have any issue really with um, the Dolphins as the favorite, except for the number in that no man's land. This season, there's this incredible stat, like, you know, uh, lines between three and a half to 10. The underdog is covering, I don't know, 60, nearly 65% of the time. It's between wow. 60 and 65%. Wow. It's, a, it's a crazy number. That that no man's land with, with these lines. And, you know, shout out the good peeps doing all the research. The Dream, his former colleagues, Action Network. We see it all over the place. Keep dropping all that science for us. But I, 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 I like the total better than I like the side, but I don't mind. I mean, the, what we saw out of Chicago in Dallas, they went into Dallas. You can see them transitioning. They kicked New England's butt on Monday night. That was like their Super Bowl, right? They, they came here like, this is the game. We're the Bears. This is who we could have been. Protecting Dallas, the whole deal, only to wait yeah. another week. Uh, <laughs> now, the second one I want to run at you, and I like that total, by the way. It's at 44. I, I think I might pounce on the under. I like the sound of that house. But we got the Colts going into New England to take on the Pats. And I know that Mac Jones looked awful against the Jets. He was terrible. I mean, if it wasn't for that overturned pick six, the Jets probably go win that game. I haven't been impressed with what I've seen from him at all so far this year. But the Colts just are off Raheem. There's something. They just fire their offensive coordinator. They're going to Elliger for the second straight week. Now you're playing him against a hungry Patriot defense. I don't see it, dude. I think there's a margin victory for the Pats. I love the Pats on Sunday. Love them. Love them. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at this pick at all. And I mean, look, we we saw last week Ellinger kind of really just doesn't have it. The offensive line isn't the same. And one thing I will say, we always we always talk about Bill Belichick. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. And we see what he does against rookie and first-year quarterbacks. So I, I like this spot. I mean, the only concern you, you would have is the stat just – the house just gave out. This number is With in the no With these three and a half to ten-point underdogs covering yeah. left and right. But you know how it is, guys, with these trends. They're meant to be broken, aren't they? Like, you know, like, it's like the, you know what I'm saying? Like, for a lot of folks, they get sometimes a little bit scared and there's a little bit paralysis by analysis. Like, the Falcons, for example. They were the team, hey, they cover, they cover every week. Cover every yeah. week. Well, guess what? They haven't covered the last two weeks, right? Like, 
People start talking about these things, and I feel like it starts going the other way. A little bit of that house, a little bit. I had to do a tiny thing real quick because me and Brandon Anderson from the Action Network were against the dream on that Atlanta-Carolina game. <laughs> and Atlanta was six points with 12 seconds left. If you say to me, you know, 11 times out of 10, will you feel good about that? Man, it was exactly the thing that Dream put out there. The cluster injuries in Atlanta secondary let DJ Moore run right by the boys. Last play of the game. And DJ, uh, uh, I mean, PJ, sorry, PJ Walker. God bless you and your family. Through that thing, it was a it was a beautiful ball, really. I mean, I, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy in Carolina. He he that kid could throw the rock. It was a perfect ball that blew the the cover. Now I thought there was a tiny bit possibility that that Atlanta in overtime might come back and, and cover that. That was a jump ball number. I like being head to head on it. It was fun. Um, but let me come around to this the, the Colts New England thing. The only thing that scares me is how desperate the Colts are. This is really their season uh, at, at this point. And the thing that that um, the, 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 what the Anlinger uh, suffered from, Washington was able to really put a ton of pressure on him. Is, is Belichick going to do that? Will he put that same kind of pressure? I mean, honest to God, uh, Ellinger threw a perfect ball to Michael Pittman, and they, they would have been – that would have been in field goal range. And, I mean, I, I my heart skipped two beats – at that moment, after that beautiful uh, drive by he Taylor Heineke brought Washington all the way down, grabbed the lead, man, he hit him right in the hands, and that was going to be – they were going to be in field goal range. I just the, – the Colts, uh, I don't it's, – it's in that no-man's land number. It's a really important – their, their, their season's on the line. Um, to me, I'm not going to jump in on it, but I understand the rationale. Now it's your time to shine, House. Is Seattle the best bet of the week right now, or no, you're not there? I prefer a tease situation. So I right, like teasing this. Seattle, grabbing the two, whatever you can get with them as a dog right now, getting through the three and the seven. And then I love this bounce back opportunity with the Cincinnati Bengals. I like that. That's right? And Cincinnati is an honorable mention for me this week. I, It's a big number, Raheem. I'm with House on that. I tease them. They're not losing this game to Carolina. And I think even with their issues without Chase and on the offensive line, this is a bad spot for Carolina, don't you That's think? That's all. Yeah, it's definitely a bad spot for, for Carolina. And the, the one thing you got to say about Carolina is that they, they come off a game where they're playing a team without a pass rush. At least this Bengals team has a pass rush. And I just think after suffering a, a devastating loss like that, there is a psychological um, effect. And then there's also been talks of you know them trading Brian Burns. So this is a team that could be tanking. So I, I I agree with you guys on the Bengals this week. All right. Okay, I that's like a nice this. little teaser. Is that a family tease? I'm in. That's yeah, an easy I like one that. for me. I like I'm that. in. That's a family tease. Because I don't it's love Arizona. Bus! I don't love Arizona. <laughs> I You know me, when in doubt, fade Cliff Kingsbury at all costs. And I could get the fighting Genos up to what? What are we getting? Eight and a half house? Yeah, two and a half to eight and a half, or at least to eight. That works for me. Raheem, what are you eyeing up here for week nine? What's uh, catching your eye, buddy? So last week I faded the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going back to the well again. I like the Los Angeles Chargers here. And Do you the, really? Yeah. I, you look at this Chargers team, they're coming off a, a devastating 37-23 to 23 loss against the Seattle Seahawks. And now they're facing this Falcons team, which allowed P.J. Walker to pass all over. Them. And when you look at what the, the Carolina Panthers did in terms of passing success rate, it, it really wasn't great. And now you got to deal with 
Justin Herbert and a team that's getting that should be a little bit healthier coming off the bye. And I know the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball because the Chargers have struggled against the run. But to me, passing is more efficient than running. And I expect the Chargers to just kind of be able to do what they want. So I like the Chargers minus three. I think this is a good buy low spot for them. I also like the over. I mean, we've seen some movement on the over from 47 and a half to 49. 49 is key, but I think there's some 48s and a halves. I think you're going to see a high scoring game here. So I'm going to go with the Chargers minus three and over. That's an interesting one, House, with the Chargers. They're usually one of my teams, when in doubt, never bet them West Coast to East Coast. But I do get the sense that a lot of people are going to be on the trendy Atlanta Falcons in that game. So I think, Raheem, even if the money right now is coming in on the Chargers, I think a lot of people will buy into Atlanta plus three. Don't you think, House? Yeah, and I love the total. Like, Why wouldn't we? Anything under 50 to me feels like a play on. Like, What have we seen out of Atlanta's defense that suggests they're going to tap the brakes on anybody? And, you know, notwithstanding all of our concern and the relentless pressure we've been putting on Joe Lombardi and his terrible play calling, and we'll keep it up another week, like, they, they, they could still, the one thing we know the Chargers could do is throw the ball, and whatever the rotating cast of receivers, whoever's healthy, hopefully Keenan Allen, who I finally traded off my bum-ass fantasy team, God, he killed me. Uh, he he seems like he might be ready to play, but Mike Williams, the, the tight end stuff they could do, Eckler's firing all on all cylinders it seems I'm not gonna on wood don't want to put an injury bug on him I like this I like the total a lot in that game you know one thing I'll say is I don't know if you guys remember I think the Chargers played the Browns on the road and I kind of look at this Falcons team as almost like a worse version of the Browns and in that game the Browns ran all over the the Chargers they passed all over them but the Chargers passed and ran all over the the Browns as well. That game ended 30 to 28 and the Chargers probably could have had more, but they weren't that efficient in the red zone. They, they settled for a number of field goals, but I, I think this is, this is a very similar game script to that game. So I, I think you get a Chargers in the over. I, I love it. Guys, you like breaking news? What do you guys think about TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings? Hmm. Ooh. Okay. It's a nice little move for them. That's I don't a nice like little move. Minnesota's going up against my C-Words this week. Yeah, that's, ca- you want to talk about a, a stay-away game? House, that game had stay-away written all over it for me. Yeah, well, obviously, I have to stay away from it. Although, it will be hilarious to have Kirk Cousins back. I just wish it was at night. I wish it was a Sunday night game. Then I feel a lot better about my squad. Is this his first game back there? No, right? No, no, not his first game back. But just in the, the circumstances of him ta- facing Heineke is fantastic. I love Heineke, man. I can't get enough. I can't. You know, I, have to a- I have to ask about that TJ Hawkinson trade. Is that the Detroit Lions officially saying, you know, we're, we're kind of giving up on the season? Um, right now, the Packers, they were they covered as 11, 10 and a half point underdogs against the Bills. They're laying three, three and a half on the road against the Lions here in this spot. Is this a good buy low spot for the Packers? I think so. The only thing is, the only thing is, the Packers, there's just been something off about them all year. If they, Raheem, let's put it this way if they can't, Get right in this spot. It is time to say finito to the Green Bay Packers in 2022 because they own the Lions historically. The Lions are not any good. I mean, their defense was embarrassing last week against the Miami Dolphins. Dream, I'm with you, bro. I'm in. I'll wait. I, I, in fact, I, I'm going to get in on that three right now. I'm, I'm taking the Packers. I'm getting in on that right now. See, I like. I'm, I'm still debating just because I'm a little concerned about the Packers just not having any talent, but to me, they showed me something in that second half. So 
I'm actually one, and the market just seems to love this Detroit Lions team. I almost think that there's they're continually overvalued every single week. So I think I may I may join you on the Packers, but I'm I'm still debating. Boys, let's take a break, and we have the World Series and some NBA to look ahead to. That's coming up next. We go from the NFL to World Series time. It will be Game Three. We had a rainout on Monday, so three in a row: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Off day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Dream, your Phillies, you would have signed for a 1-1 split. Your starting pitchers, Nolan Wheeler, though, did not look particularly good. Rain out. I ask you as the Philly fan, does it help? Does it hurt? I think it helps. Because when you looked at that, that bullpen before the rain out, we were kind of being held together by duct tape. We used so many resources in game one. We used Ranger Suarez. We used... Um, Zach Eiflin. We use San Anthony Dominguez. We use Alvarado. Now you give those guys an extra day of rest. Ranger Suarez can pitch in this matchup. And I know we haven't gotten anything from our starting pitching, but I just think at home we should do a little bit better um, in, in that regard. And the way our bats have been rolling at home, I think there's a reason why you saw the odds and these, um, these odds changed. Obviously, yesterday we had Noah Syndergaard on the hill. Now you could bring Noah out of the bullpen. So we don't have... Th- the, the pitching advantage going into this game isn't nearly as large as we thought it would be yesterday. So that's why you're seeing this line as low as Houston minus 115. I think the Philadelphia Phillies are alive in this spot and could possibly win. Look, I, I'm not going to come up with any basis for fading the Phillies or, or Dream in, in this spot. I said at the outset of this series, it's the NL East or bust for me. The, the, the cheating uh, Astros could keep on uh, keeping on. I do appreciate the extra day of rest for the, for the bullpen. It is the swing uh, unit in, in this series. It's the only way for the Phillies to stay in. But I think there's a decent opportunity. I like the Phillies' money line today. I just Yeah, like I'm in the- on it too, House. I'm in on it too. And, you know, I was all fired up to bet the Phillies and the over yesterday. I don't love the over as much now with the pitching change now that we're going to see Ranger Suarez, although the Astros hit Ranger Suarez earlier in the year. I still think I'm going to go in that direction. I'm just going to drop the unit bet a little bit on the total, and I might increase it a little bit here on the Phillies. Has any interest now hopping in series price? It's reverted back to the original series line, which is weird because you figured after a split, maybe it would come down a little bit. It really hasn't. Uh, any interest still in the Phillies to win this series? I mean, it's the play that I've made. Uh, I'm not in a position where I feel like I need to double it, double down on it at all. I'd rather just play game to game and play money line um, game by game, and that's what I'm going to do tonight. But there isn't enough of of, of movement to really entice, you know, uh, additional uh, pile on unit on the on the um, series price for me. Raheem, are you surprised that line did not go down a little bit in the World Series? I kind of thought it would. Yeah. I- I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I do think, I, I mean, based on the game three price, it seems like this line should go down, but it hasn't. And I mean, obviously, I, I think you just have a lot of people betting Houston. You probably have some liability. So I can see why it, it didn't go down. All right, boys. It seems like we are a united front for game three of the World Series. In Philly, we trust. We'll look ahead to the NBA next. All right, we'll wrap it up. Tuesday court in the NBA. Raheem. Uh, were you celebrating with the Lakers last night? I mean, my goodness. Whatever the Lakers, the Lakers, that was like an NCAA tournament team when they won their first game of the year, man. They pour water on the coach. They're going nuts. 
Uh, it seems like that'd be right up your alley, dude, getting in on that celebration. Yeah, I, I didn't get in on that. I, I mean, I think I was just so wrapped up in football, but I, you know, I watched it. And it was nice to see the Lakers finally get their first win. And more importantly, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he hasn't been playing well. But, I mean, he really played well in that game, coming off the bench, adding a spark. And then, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis closed it out. So that was good to see. But I didn't. I personally didn't have anything on it. Okay. I have something I like in the NBA house. This Prime time game. This has been a cash cow so far. When in doubt, you got to keep rolling with it. We got to take the Chicago Bulls plus the two against the Brooklyn Nets, right? I like... Like, how do, you, how do you put money on Brooklyn right now with the way they've looked? They're playing the second night of a back-to-back. All right, they get by the Indiana Pacers. whoop they freaking do I, I will have this as my secondary TV tonight with the World Series. Give me Chicago, bro. I, I'll take that plus two all day, every day. Let's go. Yeah, it's like a, what is it, five-game slate tonight in the NBA, whatever it is. Limited the only game, slate, yeah. Yeah, the only game that jumped off the page is this game. It's why I started shaking my head. As soon as you were, like, on the Bulls, like, this is the spot for me. I have it. This is We're going to be all over the place on the Bulls. I like their team total. I like the money line. I like the over as the total in this game. The Nets don't play defense against anybody. They're, the the books recognize it. I mean, I don't, I'm interested in hearing uh, whether, you know, it's early in the season for Dream's model, um, but I'm interested in hearing, you know, uh, whether the total is in the neighborhood of something that's good for him or not. But I'm I'm with you. And the, and the Bulls right now, there's a bunch of cues next to different guys. Um, dinged up, AO's dinged up a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Patrick Williams may be dinged up a little bit. But, you know, I, I like DeRozan and Vucevic. Fine, fine. Inside, outside. Um, they play hard. They play hard as balls, the Bulls. They have the identity of Billy Donovan. And it's just really a fade the Nets spot, a fade the Nets opportunity for me. Yeah, I, I think the one concern about fading the Nets in this spot is that the, 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 the Bulls are completely banged up. I mean, Levine is out. You're looking at Kobe White out. You're looking at Drummond out. You're looking at um, Dosa Muno out. Like, so that's the only concern, and I think that's the reason why you're seeing this number stuck at, at two. I think we're, we've seen some movement where it bounced down to minus one and a half, um, but it's jumped back up to two. So it's just like I, I can see there are going to be some some Nets money in the market. So I'm, I want to I wait for that injury report before I make a decision. As far as the total, I think my, my, my model actually makes this minus, I think this makes it 230. So we have seen some movement down on the under, actually, from um, 233. It went all the way down to about 231 and a half. It's back up to 232. So there's a little difference in opinion in the market. I think I got 58% of the public all on the under, actually. So this is an interesting game. I, I, I personally don't have anything on it right now. Okay, Raheem, there's only four games in the NBA. Anything suit your fancy? Um, as of right now, I don't have anything. Um, I am taking a look at that Miami game. I, I like. I just think Miami's defense has really been struggling. Um, same with the Warriors. The Warriors have lost a couple games in a row. Um, I'm kind of looking towards the Warriors, but I, I still need to think on think on it a little bit. How's any NBA action for you? It's just the Bulls. I mean, I like the like situation. It. It's what Dream he he offered the caution, and and those names are important names to the Bulls. But like, if if you know everything changes if Levine plays, uh, and it's an in, it's a like a load management kind of situation with him. Um, so I I I want to see the injury report, but my lean is heavily fading uh, the Nets on the second game back to back. And guys, a little friendly advice for Wednesday: Trey Young makes his return to Madison Square Garden. Uh, there are certain guys that just 
like Planet MSG. Trey Young, one of those dudes. Just uh, keep that in mind tomorrow. That, nice for some price for the props market. Let's see how yeah, those prices shake say, out. Tie Trey Young and the Hawks into just about everything, and thank me later because that guy is going to drop like forty plus points in Madison Square Garden. You know it. You know it, and I know it. So it is what it is. Got to be, got to be real. That's what we do around here. So fun East Coast bias show, fellas. I like our teams. I feel like we are a united front here in week nine. I feel like we have a lot of aligning thoughts, and I think that is a good thing for what is to come over the course of the weekend. I know Raheem is going to have his picks later on. House will be with Sharp later on this week, so you want to check that out on the Ringer Gambling feed. Good work by the War Gone Warrior. Boys, we out. Raheem, good luck tonight. Big game. We're pulling for you, baby. Thanks, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> fighting Phils. I can't say let's go, but fighting Phils. <laughs> All about that Philadelphia freedom. I can't believe it's a New Yorker. I'm saying it too. But why the hell not? Get on board, baby. East Coast Bias. We're back next week. Be good, everybody. Be good, everybody.